Welcome, welcome to Crime Corner Podcast. This is season four, episode one. Thank you so much. It, it feels so good to be back after so long. Back by demand. I've been seeing the views on a couple of these um, episodes of Gnosis. So with that, let's get into it. I am your host, Omasa, bringing you true crime cases. I'm bringing you four cases today. Uh, If you have been hiding under a rock, I don't know if you know this, but the Idaho murder uh, quadruple homicide case has a suspect. So with that, we have Idaho murder suspects, more vivacious, uh, cheery and chatty, after the four murderers so we're gonna have a little update on that also we're gonna be talking about um, pennsylvania woman busted for trying to hire hitman to kill ex's new wife and her 13 year old daughter what the hell is going on also a 19 year old shot to death by fred playing with a firearm while taking down Christmas decorations and we're also going to be talking about an Instagram influencer allegedly killed dad with a hammer and knife a text sister with that we have all those stories for today on this comeback episode on true crime with that we'll be right back but first a word from our sponsors And we begin with our first story. This is the Idaho quadruple homicide. Uh, it took place November 13, 2022, Moscow, Idaho. Uh, there were four victims. And I'm going to give you a little quick summary. Uh, the victims were are Ethan Chapin, Madison Mogan, Kaylee Guncalvis, and Zana Kernoodle. Uh, all four victims were attacked with a knife while sleeping. Uh, there were two surviving roommates. They were asleep. Uh, the 911 call came in at 11.58 a.m. Uh, like I said, six in total at home at the time of the attack. Some victims had defense wounds. Also, they found victims in irres- irresponsive. They called a third party comes to the home and a 911 call was made. A call was reported to have been made by one of the surviving roommates' uh, phone. Now, very few details have been released. Uh, one detail is that the 911 operator spoke to a few people when the call was placed. Uh, early morning video release citation for underage drinking was released uh the people in the video were released uh cleared i'm sorry and it took place only feet away feet away from the crime scene and now with that we get into this public defender saying that the suspect is eager to be exonerated of these charges Brian Christopher 
Kohlberg is said to have become more lively and engaged in classroom discussions after he allegedly stabbed four college students to death in November. That's according to classmates in Kohlberg's graduate criminology program who told the New York Times that the accused quadruple murderer was more talkative following the slayings. He seemed more upbeat and willing to carry a conversation, Northern told the Times. However, when the class focused specifically on the deaths of four college students, Kohlberger allegedly went quiet and deathpanned. The New York Post reports, I don't believe he had any reaction, Norden said in an interview with the Post, a response she found unusual. We had a quite a long conversation in class about it too. I don't believe I remember him commenting about it at all, Norden added, according to the Post. Yet Kohlberger uh, also seemed particularly tired later in the fall semester, according to the Seattle Times. Fellow students Ben Roberts told the newspaper that Kohlenberger typically remained quiet but seemed increasingly weary. He was starting to show up really tired. Roberts told the Seattle's Time he'd always have a cup of coffee in his hand and he kind of looked like he was riding the knife edge between worn out and completely exhausted. Now the classmates commented, uh, comments come after authorities arrested Kohlenberger uh, 28 years of age on Friday, and charges with him uh, and charges charged him, excuse me, with four counts of uh, first degree murder in connection with the deaths of University Idaho students. Uh, the victims were stabbed, like I said, to death inside an off campus home in Moscow, Idaho on November 13. Uh, now, Kallenberger is a Ph.D. student at Washington State University in Pullman, Washington, another college town about 15 minutes drive across the Idaho-Washington state border. Now, law enforcement arrested uh, Kallenberger early Friday morning, more than 2,000 miles away at his parents' home in Al Brigsville, Pennsylvania, after the FBI spent days tracking him there. That is intense. Um, he is to appear and he is scheduled to appear at a court hearing on January 3rd. Uh, he is in police custody in the Monroe County Jail in Pennsylvania. On Saturday, his public defender said he intended to waive extradition. That is today. At a news brief on Friday, Moscow Chief of Police James Fry did not rule out the possibility that Kohlenberger may have had an accomplice. So with that, there we have the latest on this Idaho-Moscow quadruple homicide. Somewhat we're getting updates daily, but we will be getting more details for sure coming that court date. Um... Not court date, but he has to go up and um, face some charges. And with that, we are going to continue with our next story on Crime Corner Podcast.
And we continue with our second story of the day. A Pennsylvania woman has been charged with traveling to New Jersey before Christmas to hire a hitman to kill her ex-husband, her ex-husband's current wife. Uh, the Mercer County Prosecutor's Office says that Marilyn Zhu, 56 years of age, says that its, its special investigations unit learned that Zoe uh, was seeking a hitman for a murder for hire and arranged for her to meet with an undercover police officer in Trenton on December 18. At the meeting, she reportedly gave the officer two color photos of the intended victim, $21,000 in cash, rubber nitrile gloves, and a towel. She said she would pay another 20000 when the killing was done. And she told the officer to kill the woman's 13-year-old daughter if she was present. Shortly after that meeting, uh, Zoe was taken into custody. Investigators reached her Chad's Ford home and reportedly found $18,000 in cash and items to, uh, to told the officers to use during the hit. Uh, now, uh, Zoe has been charged. Uh, charged with two counts of first-degree attempted murder and one count of third-degree money laundering. The prosecutor's officer, uh, the prosecutor's offices has filed a motion to deny bond and keep her off the streets. That is so scary. I can't believe people still do such things um, in these times. Like, you will be caught. Uh, any murder for hire, you are beyond stupid and you need to be put away. Uh, yeah, you need to be put away. Any murder for hire, you're not okay. You need to be put away because you're not okay. <laughs> and we continue with our next story. Our next case on Crime Corner Podcast. <laughs> And we continue with our next story. This is a sad one, especially because we are coming kind of out of the holidays, in between the holidays. A 17-year-old Texas boy shot and killed a co-worker. He was helping take down Christmas decorations on Thursday. And the victim's grandparents say they don't want the boy to be charged with their granddaughter's death. Uh, Marissa Dyken. Dykeman, a 19-year-old student at Houston Christian University, came home from her job at her family's deer processing plant on Thursday at about 7.30 p.m. Two friends from work, both 17-year-old boys, went with her to help take down the decorations. Uh, one of them, Cayman Wilson's, uh, pointed a shotgun belonging to one of Dykeman's roommates at her and fired. My understanding is that the firearm may belong to the victim's roommates who were not present at the time of the shooting, Harris County Sheriff's Office Sergeant Greg Pinkins said. Wilson has been charged with manslaughter, but Dykeman's grandparents were concerned with his well-being, noting that he was a good kid who shouldn't be charged. It's bad enough that he has to live with what happened. Uh, the rest of his life, Dykeman's grandfather said. Uh, the charging documents say Wilson was playing with a firearm. And Wilson decided to play a joke on Dykeman and pointed the gun 
at a door before calling her into the room and pulling the trigger. He reportedly said he didn't know the gun was loaded. Dykeman had been an award-winning uh, for her while in high school and was due to graduate from Houston Christian University next year with a degree in educational administration. He had two older siblings. That is so sad to be playing with a gun like that. I don't know why. I just don't understand why you think that it's that will be funny in any level. But yeah, I hope someone out there is listening to this and you never play with a gun like that because they are consequences to that that is so scary jesus christ and with that we continue with more crime corner podcast and we have come down to the last story of this episode an inspiring model an Instagram influencer allegedly admitted to bashing her father's head with a hammer and stabbing him repeatedly before attacking her sister. My father was sitting on the couch. I hit him on the head with a hammer. Then I reached my favorite German knife and stabbed the shit out of him. Nikki Secondino allegedly told investigators, according to the Post, Oh, my sister came out and I tried to and tried to stop me and I stabbed her in the back head and stomach I wanted them dead the 22 year old faces a murder charge concerning the death of her father 61 year old Carlo and an attempted murder charge for injuries to the 19 year old sister Liana who is hospitalized in critical condition and reportedly fighting for her life the violent episode occurred on Wednesday in the family's home in Brooklyn. Secondino first claimed that two males had broken into the residence around 6 a.m. and sought money from a safe before she allegedly told police what really happened. An un- unidentified neighbor uh, told the New York Daily News, I heard like wrestling, fighting. I did hear the father. He pleaded to me, please call the cops. The front of his chest right there, it was saturated in red like he was wearing a red vest. Another neighbor said Secondino screamed and banged on her door to let her in, allegedly shouting, oh my god, oh my god, open up the door, according to the Daily News. I saw the blood, uh, the blood in the hallway, so I immediately closed my door, and I didn't want to get involved, the neighbor told the newspaper. He was just, like, lying there. His head was facing towards the window, the kitchen window. He was face up, lying on his back, the neighbor recalled. The neighbor added that she could often hear arguments coming from the family and that the police had responded to the apartment previously because of fights. Every time when they argue, there was banging because the walls are just sheetrock. I would hear everything, the neighbor told the Daily News. Secondino, whose hands were wounded in the attack, allegedly told police that she also would have tried to kill one of the neighbors who called 911, according to the Post. 
Now, public records show that Secondino sought a temporary protection order against her dad and sister in July. The Post reports the protection order was sought after Secondino alleged that her father was involved in the mob and threatened her life. Authorities charged the daughter, the, the younger sister, with assault and criminal mischief two days later for allegedly injuring Secondino's hand and knocking down window blinds. A judge signed the protection order, although there was no evidence that the father had mob ties. Secondino has more than 15,000 followers on Instagram and has said previously that she was contracted with a modeling agency, according to a post. It sounds like she is not okay, and I am not going to give her the mental, mentally ill card. No, we're not going to do that to her. She, whatever she did, she is, no. Lock her up and throw that damn key because she'll do it again. If she did that to her dad, can you imagine what she'll do to a stranger? Like, just what she said she was going to do to that neighbor that called 911. <laughs> imagine a stranger. So, yeah, we're going to lock, lock her up and throw the key forever. Lock that bitch up and rot in hell. How could you do that? That's just horrible. And with that, we continue with Crime Corner Podcast. And with that, we have come down to the end of this episode, season four, episode one. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means a lot. I am your host, Homasa. With that said, Crime Corner Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and CastBox, where millions of podcasts are available. Listen to the best free podcasts on Android and Apple iOS search crime corner yes 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 it feels so good to be back guys I will be back with more episodes we might be uploading daily or every other day but we are back crime corner podcast is here 2023 are you ready I am let's go thank you so much for hitting play with that said Homas are bringing you the crime. Stay safe, lock your doors, and don't forget to always, always look both ways before crossing the street. With that said, I am Homasa. Till next time, this is Crime Corner Podcast.